welcome to another edition of Coffee Talk Live. I'm your boy Vito Blaze, and it's time for me to talk my shit and report the good news that I hear from the news this week and the past week. Because, you know, once you turn on the news, all you hear is bad shit. Like, I think today I heard the boy Larry King died, man. And that's some terrible news. So, RIP to the homie Larry King, man, because he kept me entertained and interviewed many legends. And he will go down a legend his damn self. But, you know what? Despite all the terrible news that you might hear, your boy Vito Plays did find some good positive story in the news. And I'll tell you a couple. Like, for one, my man Side New Green received $32,000. That's right, $32,000 from prison inmates so he could continue to go to the private school that he was attending called Palmer School. You see, the $32,000 was raised by prison inmates who was actually inspired, inspired by a book club made by a Palmer teacher and he made prisoners and students will meet up on the regularly and they will chat about books that they have read throughout that program. And some prisoners decide to raise money for Sa Green, who was about to get his ass kicked out of Palmer School, right? Because he wasn't able to pay. But due to his dad having a heart attack and then him needing a trans a transplant, so his dad lost his job, then his mom got into a car accident and then impaired her vision. Her vision got impaired and lost her job. So Sakreen couldn't pay to go to high school no more. But these prison inmates got inspired through a book club and said, yo, we're going to help this little nigga Sakreen out and put him through school. And they raised $32,000 so he could fucking get out of the shambles that he was in and go to high school. Now, you see how these inmates, motherfuckers was armed robbers. Motherfuckers ended up with doing petty crimes. I mean, one time I did a petty crime. I got caught for stealing money out of fountain. And you see my life kind of turned around because I'm here doing this coffee talk. And now they sort of turn around and help these kids, this kid, go to school, save up the little money that they was work, um, got by working in prison. Damn, that shit's beautiful. So I hope that inspires you to, to go do something beautiful your damn self. Now, the next story I would like to report on is about discovery. For all you Dora the Explorer motherfuckers out there that like discoveries, because I like discoveries too. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy how we in this world and people always think that, yo, you can't find out new shit, but people find out new shit damn near every day. And this motherfucker, Mike Bauer, actually found a volcano, a rock, right? And it was like near, um, it was a rock and then he cut it open. Once he cut it open, he found out that that shit looked like Cookie Monster. This shit was blue and it had white eyes and it had a pink quartz inside for a mouth. And that shit looked like Cookie Monster. And now people want $10,000 for that shit, man. So you never know what you can find in this world and what you never know what can bring value to you. And so, so don't be afraid to show what you got because you never know what value you can bring to the world. That makes me want to talk about my coffee talk I was talking about the other day, yo. I was talking about low views because a lot of people, you know, just like me, they do these Facebook lives, they do their Instagram 
lives and they might get discouraged because they might see the low views and the little views and they'd be like oh man not a lot of people are watching me well i'm here to tell you to keep going because you never know who you inspire despite the low views i mean martin luther king had one million followers no instagram and he went out not knowing he inspired billions so even though you might see those low views you are still getting fueled by the people who deserve to view you. And trust me, your time will grow. You just keep putting the time in, you'll get viewed the way you want to get viewed in time, in due time. Speaking of time, it's time for me to introduce my next guest, my guest, my only guest. I said the next guest, like I had peoples. I had peoples before, but now I got one person now. I want to introduce a guest a comedian that's been traveling all around this motherfucking nation, Canada, U.S., and he plans to travel around the motherfucking world. You can see it in his eyes. As soon as this guy comes on the screen, you can see the hunger in his eyes. All right? I met this guy a while back, and since then, you know, we've been chit-chatting back and forth, and we've been meeting up from time to time, growing with each other, in our careers and right now without any further ado it's time to introduce comedian mr eric johnson let me bring mary johnson to the stage mr eric j hey mr eric john how you doing today good morning man? coffee talk my favorite day of the week all right <laughs> here's the thing I, I got a black background with a black turtleneck on i look like uh the cover of vibe magazine death row records <laughs> like look at this shit. i look like yes like, <laughs> i got the chain like, over <laughs> i wasn't planning this it just happened yo it really looked like you got that like you and shook if tupac was, that's what like, i'm saying was... i'm not gonna run anybody over with my car though i'm sure it's high enough already <laughs> Yo, you really look like you was missing on that photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a pic after this podcast, and then I'm going to Photoshop it into the Death Row Records. Yo, for real, son, that will go ahead, yo. Well, I'm really glad you're in this show. I was just saying before that um that you've been, um oh, before, you know, this PND hit, you know what I mean? And it's COVID, everybody got sitting inside um some places. We're up north, so like most of us got curfews and uh -huh. shit. We gotta be in the house before eight PM. But That's before crazy. all of this, yeah. But before all of this, you know what I'm saying? Remember in those days when you was traveling and all that. Let's let's bring you back in those days, my man. What was what was your favorite venue to perform in as a as of as of to today? Uh um, I. I... I, you know, I've been a lot of places. I love, uh, I love in Canada, like kind of my, I think my two favorite clubs in Canada to do. And, and it's very diplomatic to be like, well, I love all of them. I really do love all of them. Um, mm -hmm. I love, I do love all of them and I'm going to appreciate them even more when this, uh, when this is over. But yeah, um, I think my two favorite clubs in the country are uh, absolute comedy in Ottawa mm. and uh heckler's comedy club in, uh, in victoria bc um yeah. those are my like some of them had some of the best shows in my life in those rooms i've done some of the best work of my life in those rooms i've had some of the most fun in my life in those rooms made some of the most money you know what are i mean those, are those large venues or yeah well like the what's the cap in at, at ottawa it's probably like what 250 
And then before the pandemic, like they were, it was like eight shows of two fifty a night. Uh, of eight, like you know, every show was always sold out in Ottawa. Something about Ottawa, they just they love comedy. They love, I think, because they all work in that like government stuffy environment. That then when they they want to go out, but they don't want to go to a dance club, they're like, let's go to the comedy club. And uh, Absolute Comedy Ottawa is always packed, always so fun. Uh, audiences drink, but they don't get too drunk mm-hmm. uh, because they work for the government, so they're afraid to you know mess up. Okay, um, and they're intelligent. They get a lot of references. They have a lot of perspective. I Are just phones closed on. Yeah, that. man. There's no. It's a very polite city. Like the biggest thing you'll notice when you're walking around downtown Ottawa is how quiet it is. Yeah. You'll see people everywhere, but nobody's right. yelling. There's no sirens. It's just like people going to do their thing, get a coffee. Talk. It, it gets boring. Like I don't know if I would yeah. live in Ottawa. Like I'm like a city Hamilton, like Toronto guy. Like I. I I'm comfortable in that chaos. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. comfortable in that, that like New York city, like sirens and people running and there's a crazy guy on the corner. That's kind of the place I kind of grew up in, right. uh, in Hamilton, obviously the Canadian smaller version of that, but yeah, I, I like Ottawa. Victoria is the same thing. Uh, I love van. Cause that's where I started in Vancouver. I love going back there and I love Montreal. And I know it's, it's funny cause you know, I'm going to say right. that before on the show, but the biggest thing I love about Montreal is, yeah, I've had some great shows there, but I've had even better hangs with comics in Montreal. Like how okay. we met, you know, like how I, right. the comics in, in everywhere else in the country, and I'm sure every scene, you know, and including Montreal has their little fights and their problems and their bullshit. And, you know, everyone's, you know, oh, I'll bid from that show because I talked to that guy. And like everyone has that. Uh, every scene has that. But for the most part, I'd say in Montreal, when the show's over, all the comics just stand around and, and shoot the shit, which is one of my favorite things to do in the world. Standing around with comics shooting the shit is my one of my favorite things to do. So, yeah, man, I the love networking it. networking vibe is real out here. Yeah, yeah. Well, well in, in, in terms of, like, you know, the after-party vibe over here is real. Mm. Like, once the show is done, you know, people feel like, you know, the show just started. Us well, comedians. Yeah, like, exactly. Yo, yeah, yo, we're our work's done. Now we can have fun, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I love Chicago. I I was doing a lot of work in in Chicago before the pandemic hit, and I I, I truly do love it a lot. Um, and, I love Chicago mix. Like, you ever had Chicago mix popcorn? That's yes, yes, big. yes. My I only problem, my only problem with Chicago mix popcorn is I can't get it to my face fast enough. I'm just eating mm. it like I'm like, oh my god, yo, yo, yeah. But go ahead, like Chicago is dope. Chicago is dope. Besides, they fool. Um, yeah, Chicago is cool, man. I, I Chicago feels like a really fun Canadian city, if that makes sense. They have kind of the um, the same oh, kind really? of politeness, they have same kind of. Enough inclusiveness yeah like chicago is like a five times more fun toronto uh really? and, and it's a and it's a bar it's a drinking town so every corner's got a bar on it and everyone like when you meet up oh, with comics, that sounds like my kind of town i think oh, i might man. move into something like that i was actually looking to move to chicago before before all this happened um, oh Gosh. I've got a whole like separate career in Chicago. Like I was like, I could you go with <laughs> like, I'm like a, like a, I'm like a man that, you know, you hear those guys from like the mafia or whatever. They have like a whole separate family in like Jupiter, yeah. Florida with like a wife and two kids and they see, a and they whole split the time. Life, a whole nother life up in Chicago and shit. Yo. Yeah. Speaking I, I kind of um, felt like that with the Chicago. Yeah. 
speaking of, of life's like your life is comedy and mm-hmm. i was watching i was watching eddie murphy raw i actually mm-hmm. saw eddie murphy's raw for the first time last week you know i i yeah. sat down yeah because i saw delirious but i didn't see raw yeah and it was on netflix and i was like ah, i gotta see this it's a it's a necessity you know it's yeah like, it's a necessary. it's a necessary comedy evil yeah, yeah, and I was like, yeah, and then I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh shit! Now I see why Eddie is Eddie. Like that shit was pretty. That shit was fucking immaculate. But, yeah, and then I'm, I'm watching the intro to it, and it, it starts off with him, um, showing, uh, you know, like he 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 told a joke in front of his family. I don't know if you've seen this. And then that's when he started to jump into comedy. That's what it looked like from this intro. And I was going to, I'm going to ask you, you know, what, what made you start, um, you know, comedy, but before you go on, you know, a couple of comedians, they get uncomfortable with this question or they don't like hearing this shit because they'd be like, why why you ask me why I start this thing? You know, I'm funny already, but it's because, you know, people want to know what made you take that jump? You know, because you stand up, you know, you give it all you got, you share all you got, just all you want in one take, and you know, you're doing all you can, you and you make people laugh. Yeah. And that's one of the best pleasures in the world, besides getting an orgasm. You know, people people <laughs> wanna have fucking bust a nut and people wanna laugh. And and you're not making people bust a nuts, you're making people laugh when yeah. and that's Oh, and you getting paid for that shit. So people want to know, you know what I'm saying? How you, like, what was the moment that made you take that step that gave you the self-esteem to be like, yo, I'm going to grab the mic for the first first time? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'll make a long story short. And every single one of these, you know, podcasts I do, I end up somehow talking about my dad. Obviously, people talk about a big, have their influences. And I think if you know me and you and I have talked before, and if you have me on social media, I think it's pretty clear that my dad was one of my biggest influences. Um, right. M- m- him being a professional wrestler. Now, my dad was oh, the funniest person I've ever met in my entire life. And not just me. Like, I know it's easy to say that, like, oh, my dad's funny. It's like, no, no, no. I have like random people who like were at a bar once with my dad and they're like, that guy was hilarious. He was very, he was so funny. He was so quick. My dad was almost kind of like, um, almost like a Don Rickles type. Like he was quick and had something for everybody. He called nobody by their first name. Everybody had a nickname and the nicknames were not just like smelly or like tiny. They were like specific super personalized funny shit. personalized nicknames yeah. um there was that and 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 my dad was also on top of being a, a professional wrestler he was a he was an actor uh and he did a tv show uh in the 1970s and 1980s he was a what's called a day player a day player is not like a main character he comes in and does different sketches and stuff on a tv show called bizarre which i'll, I'll yeah. send you the link for Um, it was with John Biner, who's like a legendary comedian. It was actually the first show that ever featured super Dave Osborne, uh, who would do, which went on to be, which was Bob Einstein and, and Curb Your Enthusiasm. And he's recently passed away. Dave is an OG OG. I used to see that motherfucker fly over cars on the daily. So that's, yo son. Exactly. So 
Yo, every time you keep telling me a story about your pops, though, that's why I'd be like, yo, don't be, I'd be like, keep going about your pops, because every time you keep telling me about your dad, you always tell me something new, and I'd be like, damn, his dad was a great man, I could yeah. see why you talking, like, keep talking him up, he's a yeah. legend. Yeah, man, like, and he oh, is, I, I just, I just, you know, I, I know, I don't hate to repeat myself, because I would love, I love to repeat myself about my dad. No, but every time when you do, though, like, I always see something new, I'm like, damn, yeah. Super Dave, I'm like, yeah, yeah. So they used to film that show in Toronto, and my dad was in a bunch of sketches and, uh, you know, just bit parts. But he would get called in, you know, once or twice a season. So fast forward to my dad does this. This is the '70s and '80s, so I'm not even born yet. I'm born in '90. Fast forward to the '90s, my dad found out that this new TV station in Canada called the Comedy Network, Channel 44. Uh, was playing old episodes of Bizarre. Now, my dad, you know, proud guy, egomaniac, maybe a little bit. He wanted, we were, we were, my dad was like a struggling by the end of his career. He wasn't making much money wrestling. So he was doing like landscaping and construction work just and like working for, he was driving transport truck just to like keep money in. So we never had anything over and above for money in our house. But the one like kind of luxury we had is my dad added Channel 44, the comedy network, to our TV basic cable package. So we get channels like one through 30 and then it would be all fuzz. And then you get to 44 and we'd have 44 and then the rest would be all fuzz. So our TV did not leave the comedy network all day. Like it would be on. Uh, Cause you know, my dad loved comedy. They played classic comedy, but he was also waiting to see if he could see himself on bizarre, which was playing on the comedy network. Okay. So, so, and we did, we watch it and he would yell. If you, even if we were playing from another room, he goes, it's on, it's on, here I am. And we, me and my sister would run up or run down wherever we're room, room in the house we're in. And we'd watch him and he'd go, that's great. Yeah. And he would go, yeah, that's cool, dad. Cause you're a kid. You're like, yeah, it's cool, dad. Yeah. Uh, but he was so proud. Right. So right. anyway, long story short, with the comedy network being on our TV all the time, I all didn't day. realize that as a kid, I was imprinting the rhythm, yep. pacing, timing of what stand-up comedy is because when they weren't playing Bizarre, they were playing classic comedy specials, Dean yeah. Martin's Celebrity Roast, and then the biggest thing they played all the time because it was Canadian content was Just for Laughs, like just right. the, the original Just for Laughs, like from the yeah. late 80s, you early 90s. Comedy school without even knowing. like Without even know, realizing it. Yeah, you know what was happening? It was like, you know, you know in The Matrix when they – Jack, he was like, yo, you want to know you about to go to training? He was like, I'm about to learn Kung Fu. Then they imprinted yeah. that Kung Fu program them in. Like, <laughs> it was later. exactly like, that. Yo. You know what I'm saying? That was just you with the comedy, yeah. though. Like, you were. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing. You kind of learn when you're a kid, you laugh at what makes your parents laugh. You know, yeah, yeah. you you kind of have the same sense of humor as your parents, because when they're laughing, it's your cue as a child to be like, oh, that is funny. And then you start laughing. And my dad yeah. loved physical comedy, slapstick, you know, uh, Three Stooges and then like the big funny, like the early Jim Carrey's and all that kind of stuff. Big physical guys love John Candy. I love John Candy, Chris Farley. Like this was the world that he thought was really funny. So that's the world that I now then I said to myself, oh, yeah, this is really funny. Um, and yeah. and so, OK, so fast forward, I'm watching this as a kid all my entire life and whatever. Meanwhile, while I'm doing that, I'm I'm already started acting. I'm doing musical theater and theater and traveling around doing competitive dance, you right. know, all this kind of stuff. So that was in 
a Canadian version of like Wipeout. Yeah, yeah, that was that was earlier. Right, I had just started doing stand up when I did that. But um, so now I'm in Vancouver. I'm I, I've worked my way up as an actor. I've done some bit parts and TV shows and stuff. I decide that I want to get some sort of formal training for acting, so I go to the Vancouver Film School. I'm in the okay. Vancouver Film School. Michael Moses, who is now my touring opening act and feature act. Uh, he was like, yo, I just started trying to do this open mic comedy thing. You should try too. Oh, okay. Cause like, cause like you're funny, you funny as fuck. And I was like, okay. So I walked into the comedy club. I'll never, it was called the Kingston comedy at the Kingston. And it was in downtown Vancouver and it was in the basement. And I walked in and as soon as I walked through the door, I was like, Oh, I'm, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Like and, you felt yeah, and, and I watched the show. Cause I'd never been to a, I, I'd never been to a, uh, an open mic or like, you know, the, the independent side of stand up comedy. Okay. So I watched the show and I'll never forget people like Simon King, Chris Gaskin, Byron Bertram. They were all on the show. Oh, bye. Shout out, shout out to double B, son. Yo, I'm he's at a in Vancouver. He's a cool guy. Yeah. He's shout out to guy. That guy. I owe a lot to that guy. Cause mm. so what happened was, is after the show, I think I went up to Simon. Uh, Simon King and I said hey great great work I think you're really funny uh you know who's running this thing and uh he is this guy named Johnny Scoop who I'm, I don't think he is involved in comedy anymore but uh he goes yeah he's running he's the promoter so I went up to him and, and just said hey I want to get on I'm well whatever so the next week I signed up uh I was nervous as fuck but not nervous to right. go on stage because I had already been doing co- like not comedy yeah. I'd already been doing already theater and performance and dance my yeah. entire life it's in your Jones. It's in your blood. Yeah, it's in and your then, right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then when I started to write the comedy, I knew what it sounded like. Yeah. I put up. Here's the premise. Here's the kind of what. Here's the punchline. Here's the callback. I knew how to. Co- I already had these areas compartmentalized in my brain. Yeah, you already went to comedy school without exactly. Going to it was like I knew the formula. Yeah. And the jokes were awful. Like I look at my, I have there. I think there's some yeah. video of my first set ever, and I'm like, oh god. Um, but but you it had to know how already. It felt good, and then I literally okay. walked off stage, and I thought, okay, I found it. You know, like they, you see those, you see those quotes, man. Uh, there's uh, there's two greatest moments in a man's life when he when he's born and when he finds out why he was born. Word. Uh, and that's you know it's almost like a cheesy quote you see i can almost see it in like a you know a shitty instagram post but it's true yeah, the second that i saw what i was truly brought here for to do Word. i was like this is it this i went up to byron and I, and I i i now comics do this to me and i i, I it's so funny i went mm. up to byron and i was like so what'd you think and he was like what like he wasn't he he, he was like doing a shot and like thinking about his own thing Right. And I go, so what'd you think of my set, man? And he's like, I, I didn't see it. And I was I remember being like, Oh, he they don't care about comics. But then Byron said to me, Come back next week and I'll watch you. And I right. said, Okay. I came back next week, did a completely different set because when I first started, I thought you had to do a different set every single time. I yeah, thought you had yeah, to yeah. do six and then write a new six for the next week and write a new six nah, for the wait. next week. Nah, you got to build up. Build well, up. I don't know that. I had no teachers. Yeah. There was no Facebook groups to help me at the time. It was 2010. <laughs> um, so, well, so anyway, so Byron watches me and he goes, you're really funny. He goes, you got a lot of confidence for a guy who just started. He's got, I go, he goes, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you. And oh, he did. 
he, 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 from that on, he took me, he would go, he would call me or text me, Hey, I'm going to this open mic in Kitsilano beach. I want you to come with me and you can go on before me. Like he really, really pushed me oh, every time I see Byron or anytime Byron shares something or Byron's doing something. Right. Uh, I share it. When I was there on my last tour, I was like, yo, no disrespect, but I'm, I'm headlining. And if I would like you to open, like, you know, it was like a full circle moment. He's, nice. he's he could headline me over me for days, but it was right. just kind of like, I wanted that moment. And I was like, Hey man, can, I would love for you to open for me. And he looked at me. He's like, of course, man, I love it. Where are we going? What time is it? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm a cool guy, man. When I met him, he, he had a like generally good vibe because I was out there doing some open mics and then I stumbled to him like a quite like mad shows. Byron was just like a lot of shows that I was doing. And then me and him just got a good vibe. And like, yeah, we did a couple of shows together. So yeah, Byron, shout out to Byron, Bird yeah. Champ. Again, Vancouver comic, giving out advice to you that time. And thanks for making a, a, a long story short. <laughs> uh, that was still pretty long, but uh, yeah, it, yeah, it that was a great. lot longer. Right. And, I, and speaking of advice, because, you know, it, throughout your career, like I said, you're making people laugh. You're not standing. You, you're not you're not you're not standing behind a glory hole. You know what I'm saying? You, you're doing a fucking making people laugh and shit. And throughout your career, like you said, like you giving advice, people gave you advice, you giving advice. And, you know, the best advice I got to this day is you got to lick it before you stick it. OK, that's good. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, the, not nah, really the best advice I got. <laughs> is that a weed day. thing? I don't smoke weed. I don't know what's going on. Nah, 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 nah. It's actually a pussy thing. You got to lick it. Oh, the, lick it before. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, right. it before I'm a nah, good, Christ, good Christian boy, and I'm still not fully awake yet. Right. <laughs> but no, nah, the best advice I got to this day is actually from you, my G. You actually told me. Uh, matter of fact, let me tell the story. I'll try to make this short. <laughs> uh, let me tell the story. What led up to this uh, advice? You told me um, to stay in the water. You know what I'm saying? No matter what happens, you know, stay in the water. And this this is what happened when you told me this because it was after, I think I was two years in comedy. But then um, I was on a wave where, you know, I was doing funny, funny. But then it was like after a week and a half, I was doing a couple sets and I didn't feel I was a funny guy anymore. And then, you know what I'm saying? I just messaged you, my old G. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, B. I ain't feeling funny no more. And I only I was feeling pretty unsure of myself. And then you told me, like, the entertainment business is like, you know, the water. You know, it's like surfing. It's like, you know, it comes big waves and then there's little waves while you're riding. You know what I'm saying? But it's important that you stay in the water. Don't take yourself out. Because the minute you take yourself out, you know, you ain't you ain't going to be used to things. And then when you get back in the water, it's going to be harder to catch them waves. So just stay in the water. And then once you told me that, that gave me, like, I was like, okay, I'm just get, because you told me, like, eventually you're funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, you was like, yo, when I hear you talk, I just laugh. Yeah, so yeah. it's going to work out. You know, it's like, it's going to work out for you. And I was like, word, man. So I just got up. I was like, even though I got these shitty jokes, and all, I just got up there and just told them from then on. And then after that, you know. And then I just peeped it. It was like, yeah, it's the waves, man. And then I caught a big wave after that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I caught a humongous wave right after that. And then I was, I'm actually was waiting for the little wave now. I'm like, damn, I can't wait to get over this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working too hard. 
yeah, this way, like I'm riding on this way too hard. Like, when do I get on this little wave so I can take a little break before the yeah. next big wave? Because sometimes yeah. now I'm understanding the waves. So I just want to say to you, since you blessed me with that good advice, what was the best advice that you've heard up until this day, you know, for your career from any comedian or anybody that's not a comedian? Like, what was the best advice that has been holding you down to this day? Yeah, I, I don't even know where that that wave thing came from. I, I'm also a teacher. Uh, mm. I teach I teach private acting lessons, and I was saying that the idea of the wave to my students, one of my students, and yeah, the like, the, base, the, the water. Like, yeah, the premise the is stay in the water. The only way you lose is if you if you get out, and and you'll never know. Like put it this way: that time you wanted to quit, well, not quit, or take a break or whatever when you weren't feeling funny. Yeah, I was uh, funny. I was you, feeling if, sure. if you would have got out of the water and said, I'm right. no longer a stand-up comic, you would have missed that big wave that you caught immediately. Yeah. After. You yeah. know, and um, the thing was, I just want to say, like, staying in the water, that's when I was like, it's not when I was gaining, I was like hitting more laughs. It was like when I was staying in the water, it just like I was learning the ins and outs. I was just like fucking around with more comics. And just like, you know, seeing what made me, if I'm making these motherfuckers laugh off stage with this, you know, it just made me formulate what the fuck I was doing off stage. People laugh and bringing it on stage more like it made me formulated that more when yeah. I was staying in the water made me do that. So if because if I was out the water. I couldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. So, like, yeah, staying in the well, water. Like, yeah, you you be comfortable because you won't be wet anymore. You know what I mean? Right. If you get out of the water, and then I said, you know, in that in that thing I said to you, and I've said it on the podcast, it's like the issue is there's too many people who quit and got out of the water telling, trying to tell other people how to surf. And it's mm. like I'm not listening to anybody who's trying to teach me how to surf if they're not in the water with me. Um, and you know, I, I've heard, I've heard a lot of great advice. I've given a lot of great advice. I think, you know, I've been through a lot in life and it's given me some pretty interesting perspectives and, you know, I, I can say this, you know, you often hear people say, you know, life's a roller coaster. Life's a roller coaster, man. It's got his ups and downs. Life's a roller coaster. And that is true, but there's yeah. two, there's two types of people on a roller coaster. There's people who love roller coasters and there's people who hate roller coasters. Mm. Now, no matter what, we're all on this fucking ride. Right. Now, you'll notice that when someone is uh, who doesn't like roller coasters, when they're in the seat, they're holding on and they're trying to be as tight as they possibly can. And they're trying to keep everything close and keep everything safe and keep their arms and their legs in the, in the ride at all times. And they've got their eyes closed and they just want it to be over. Yeah. Those people are trying to control the roller coaster because they think, okay, if I'm safe, I got my eyes closed, I got my arms and legs in, I can, you know, I can get through this, I can get through this if I just if I just hunker down and get through this. Those people obviously don't enjoy the roller coaster and mm. and they're trying yeah. to control it. Now, if you look at another roller coaster for some people who enjoy roller coasters. I love roller coasters. But I'm saying, like, when they're going up, they got their arms up, and they're screaming, they're kicking their legs, and they're having a great time. Because they have relinquished control to the roller coaster because they know it's going to go through some loops and all this stuff, but I'm going to be okay in the end. This thing is designed for me 
to be okay in the end. So right. I'm going to let go of that control and I'm going to have my arms and I'm going to be screaming. I'm going to be yelling. Those people are the people who enjoy life the most. And, and some it's a great photo at the end. That's great. what I'm saying too. And you get some good evidence. But those people who let go and control the ride have a much more fun time. And they also know that they're going to be okay in the end. The people who have their arms cut and they're trying to get eyes closed and they're trying to control it, they don't have a good time. And they because okay. they're trying to control their ride. That's uh, true. And at the end, they're going to go, oh, I'm okay in the end. This ride was designed for me to be okay in the end. I wish I enjoyed it a little bit more. Right. Yo, it's all about enjoying the ride as it's, as, as it's going along too you know because like a lot of people think about the end destination all this time but you know on the way there you gotta enjoy what's what's good for today you know like this call talk live noon right now and i got my man eric johnson even though he looks like he was missing on the cover of that death Death row Row. you know what i'm saying that tupac album (laughs) (laughs) vibe magazine death row yeah vibe magazine even though you look like you was missing that photo shoot son (laughs) and eric ej you know you do your thing on tiktok too speaking about letting go of control you i find you letting go yourself yourself sometimes on your tiktok and your instagram reels doing your one and two things your dancing (laughs) and grooving to that music all day, every day. I and um, I gotta ask you, what's your favorite music you enjoy listening to, it, on your free time? I'm a, I'm like an old school cat, and I'm, I'm not talking about like oh, I like classic rock, which I do, but like I like like old Motown, and like my favorite band right now, who I've seen and I listen to every day, is a band called Duran Jones and the Indications. They're a. Yeah, I, a, a, a motherfuckers like i'm gonna send you links man yeah they are a bunch of young guys who play like 1960s and 70s kind of soul r&b motown jazz uh it's like i like that but then like i'll go from that to listening to drake or go from that to listening to like extreme like as i lay dying or a day to remember like hardcore music you know Uh when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I was an emo kid. So I only listened to like take it back Sunday and saves the day and Coheed and Cambria and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and Seosin and all that stuff. I, I lived in that, that scene world. I was a scene kid and was at a concert yeah. every weekend. And, and, uh, but I, I literally, wouldn't you, I wouldn't expect any different from you because your father was, sound like a renaissance man so of course you know, yeah I, yeah I, I love i love the idea like place i love the idea of, like the 60s and 70s man you know where you hear people talk about like i feel like i was born in the wrong generation it's like yeah i feel like that a lot of the time like oh, and i yo every time i be blazing my weed i feel like i was i felt like i was in the i'm in the wrong shit i felt like i was in this like i belong in the 70s for real like yeah what's like yo I want to, <laughs> and I'm mad I didn't put the effort to go to Woodstock 99 when it was so close to my house. I didn't that's realize. right. Yeah, that's right. I like close. Like, oh, it's like, oh, shit, I'm like two hours, three hours. And that shit was crazy. That's the shit that people see to this day where DMX is performing in the world. 
to the yeah. world. That was Woodstock '99 and Limp Biscuit, and yeah, uh, they exactly. tore that shit down. I watch that video all the time. That Woodstock, Woodstock '99 Limp Biscuit live video is is fantastic. It's crazy <laughs> what happens, but it's just like a, you get you get your hype. Um, what's but, what's yeah. going to hype you up before a comedy set or before your workout? Well, that's that's where those videos came from that you were you were just referring to. So before that's what I do to myself before shows, like if I'm getting ready in the hotel room before I go to the venue, I've got whatever music just blasting. And I'm like dancing, singing, getting ready, looking in the mirror, combing my hair, adjusting my jewelry. I I do that anyways. And then Mm -hmm. one time I I was FaceTiming or someone and then I turned it off, but I could see. The camera was still doing the front-facing camera, and I caught, I caught a glimpse of myself. It wasn't recording, and it just looked funny. Because I think mm-hmm. the idea of me is like a big kind of, you know, masculine-looking guy who does funny feminine things yeah. is a funny uh, dynamic. You know, yeah. it's like I'm a big – like, you know, I'm like 6'1", 200. And right. right now I'm down to 239, muscular, running. Like I'm like doing this thing. Sort of – when you when I see you do the motherfucking cream and cucumber shit with you, <laughs> yeah, like, like this guy, yo, it's crazy. So. Yeah, and it's and you know, and then you see exactly you see this big guy like dancing or singing or uh, right. like doing face masks with his sister. It's unexpected, so it's funny. And I right. just thought I just put one up just as a joke, and then it like took off. Like all these mm-hmm. people are like. You know, I look forward to your dancing videos and I needed that so much today and I needed this and you're so free and you're so, you know, uh, you, you're so careless and, uh, you know, about other people's opinions and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck to create a style. I put this on my Instagram recently to create a style. You have to be unapologetic about your choices. So mm. whatever you do, if I'm going to put a dancing video up. I'm going to put 10 of them up and be unapologetic about it and have people share it. And like that, you know, if I'm going to dress a certain way, like I I dress very uniquely with, you know, leather jackets and the floral shirts and suede boots and the jewelry. I'm on the, I'm unapologetic about that. And eventually so much so that, you know, I'll I'll hear people, someone chirping me or, or saying, you know, look at the other guy wears more jewelry than my wife or whatever. Then these same guys come out to me like, yo, so do you buy that jewelry or did you inherit it? Cause I'm looking at getting myself a ring. People want to now when you're so unapologetic about it, they're like, that is kind of cool. I want to try that. You know, I have Uh, guys message me all the time. Yo, where'd you get that shirt? Uh, you know, I just, again, it goes back to that kind of old school seventies, eighties, sixties, seventies, eighties feel being unapologetic about it. The type of music that I listen to, right. Uh, I live in that world. I'm like, I'm just like, nah, this is who I am. Either come in or, or don't, you know, you're welcome to come in. Doors always open. But if, if I feel like you're going to either make fun of me or, or not appreciate me for who I am, I just go, okay. Doors closed. See you later. And I just kind of move on. I like I like to listen. I, I I feel what you're saying, son. You gotta just go out there and not give a fuck about what you do, and and feel and feel that way too, because yeah. that's the only way that you can keep it real yeah. at the end of the day. And then that shit attracts that glow and that vibe just attracts real people to you, because you don't want no motherfuckers attracted to you. Like oh shit, you know what I'm saying? I thought you was somebody else. And then that was you because you only gave a fuck. But now that you're going out there and not giving a fuck, 
You know what I'm saying? You won't run into situations like that. You was like, you know, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, of and course. I think the I'm reason why we get along so good is because you're unapologetically Vito Blaze, Vance Michelle. Right. You know, when I saw you shooting the shit in front of this, up front of the open mic, whatever one we met at or whatever, you were you. And mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of comics, you know, because I was the headliner or whatever. Right. And right. Uh, and guys coming up to me with that fake. I've been around for 10 years. I can tell when someone's trying to, uh, you know, fake be nice to me or they're trying to, like, work one of their jokes into conversation to see if I'll laugh at it. So they think like, I, I know how all these young comics move. Right. And right. then you were just there smoking didn't give a fuck waited right. like we're polite waited till there was like an opening to come talk to me and then you're like yo my name's vance i think you're really funny blah 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 and then we just started talking about other shit like just completely right. we we're talking about what Vito blaze would talk about not what a young comic would talk about yeah, so exactly. and i went ah this guy's good plus the way you speak you know with that new york you know style and 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 you haven't abandoned that since you've been in Canada, which I think will set you apart massively because you hear when we look at you and hear you speak, you look like, you know, uh, your neighborhood. You're unapologetically your neighborhood and where you came up right. from. That's the Spring Valley. That's Valley, New York. <laughs> there you go. Spring Valley, New York. And, and out. you know what I'm saying? That's where I grew up, spent damn near all my life up in that bitch. That's what I'm saying. So people people can see that. You know, obviously you can tell you have a New York accent. I think that's very clear. But when what when I hear you talk and I hear your perspectives and your and the way that you conduct yourself both on stage, off stage, and on this podcast, people go, That guy's got a story. I just know it. I know he's got a story. And then in and, and you know, and we got into that right away. The first thing we met, you're telling me about, you know jail and all that kind of stuff your bad history getting out you told me right. all this stuff and i was like see i knew he had a fucking story i knew it <laughs> I, had little, I had a little book in my pocket you know yeah. what i mean yeah i was I, I, i'm feeling that you get hyped to limb biscuit though before you go on stage man because i kind of get hyped a little bit too there's this rock versus uh stone cold promo that they use for WrestleMania 17. That's the one I showed you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you showed me this. I while showed you this. That's my that's my pregame. That's my show. Before yeah, I went on yeah, stage at yeah, the comedy yeah. store, I did that, and then I think it was either Reese or, or what uh, one of your Montreal cats put something like, "What do you do before you go to shows?" And I go, "I watch this video," and I think you liked it. Now you do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I adopted that. I adopted yeah. that because it's hard. So I adopted it and I put it on my playlist now. This shit is hard, yo. Yo, thank you, EJ, Eric Johnson, for being on this show today. Before you go, do you have anything else like uh, to plug, to tell them that what, what you're doing and all that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, right now I'm just, uh, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> but I have things coming, which is exciting. So, uh, this spring, I'm doing the Eric Johnson Brewery Tour. I'm doing as many uh, breweries I can in Ontario, maybe even Quebec if I can get in. Uh, and and just doing like, because all, all these breweries have these outdoor event spaces because they've adapted for COVID. I'm going to do That's shows right. in all of those. I've already booked some in Sarnia and Hamilton, okay. and I'm looking at stuff in Barrie. So that's uh, spring 2021, summer 2021. I'm bringing back the Eric Johnston Campfire Comedy Tour. Ooh, uh, nice. I did that last summer, and uh, I did I think 12 to 13 people's backyards, and I did a big season finale. I sold out 100 tickets in a in a farmer's field. Uh, okay. So there's yeah. obviously demand. People yeah. want it. So I'm going to do the same show. Me, Michael Moses, Jason Allen, and I. 
Uh, we're going to go to different backyards. I'm going to set up everything, backdrop and mic stand and microphone. And we're going to do our, our hour. I'm going to do my hour. They're going to do 20 each in people's backyards. Uh, that and then I'm filming. I'm filming my own talk show, which is not my idea. Obviously, it's a direct rip off of not rip off direct inspiration from uh, comedians in cars getting coffee no uh, called, called uh, Let's Go for a Drive. And it's just okay. me with uh, comedians just going all my favorite things uh, in Hamilton, Toronto, Niagara Falls, uh, and just doing a talk show like that. I've got uh, one of Hamilton's best uh, videographers, uh, my friend Peter Tabusolo. He's filming it all. Uh, we were supposed to start filming last week, but because of the lockdown, everything got pushed. Uh, so this spring, I'll be filming that, and it'll be coming out this summer. So uh, that's it. Eric Johnson Who okay. or Eric Johnson Follow me at Eric Johnson Who, and uh, and Coffee Talk is the truth. Okay, okay, okay. You guys heard it, son. Even though there's a couple of windows closed, my man EJ is busting through some motherfucking doors with a sledgehammer, making his own goddamn windows, as you can see. You know what I'm saying? So keep on the lookout for what he got to do by following him on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Eric Johnson Who. You know what I'm saying? And thank you, Eric johnson for being on the show love to have you back and you know i'm saying i i see you. i, I like I, that you use the stream yard too now that's good for you that's a that's a much better look yeah yeah you know what i mean we we just gotta keep going up you know what i mean we and we gotta work with whatever we have you know what i'm saying power by, power by stream yard is free you know what i'm saying that's why the icon's still there you know what i'm saying we just work what we got well thank you my boy i'll see you when i see you baby peace bro yeah. All right, man. That's my boy, Eric Johnson. And you guys have been watching Coffee Talk live with your homie, Vance Michelle. You know what I'm saying? Got to gotta holler at my peoples from the sound. Y'all doing good? Y'all doing good? Okay, good, good. Guys, that was Coffee Talk live. Thanks for my guest, Eric Johnson. Next week, we'll have another guest. Who is it? We don't know yet. Okay. We don't know who the guest is, but I promise you it'll be big. And we'll have the announcement up soon. Now, you know what I'm saying? Guys, if you guys want more Coffee Talk in your life, just please follow us on iTunes and Spotify. Coffee Talk with Vito Blaze. That's all you got to do when you search us. Coffee Talk with Vito Blaze on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Okay? Subscribe to Vince Michelle to watch us on YouTube. And, uh, you know... I'll see you when I see you guys. Okay, peace. If you want to hear more Coffee Talk, then please follow Coffee Talk with Vito Blaze on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to see more Coffee Talk, then please follow Vance Michelle on YouTube.